If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. And uh, as we go to the Gospel of Mark, we're reading a, uh, a very familiar per- portion of Scripture, probably, and it's... Uh, you know, we're talking about children's church, and and we do appreciate all of our uh, of our children. But understand that all of us are children of God. As we go to Mark chapter ten, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked him. Man, that's pretty. That's pretty brave, you know, to rebuke Jesus. Wow, the disciples rebuked him, and when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God is like a little child. God, like a little child, will never enter it. Listen to this, verse 16. And he took the children in his arms. He took the children in his arms. He placed his hands on them and he blessed them. I want you to know this morning that our arms are considered a major part of our gross body strength. Our legs are probably the stronger limbs, no doubt they are. But our arms are a very strong part and a very essential part of who we are. It's with our arms, most of us, you can look at us and tell our arms work very well. It's our arms that feed us. It's our arms that pull us up out of chairs and, you know, until we get a little bit older and we buy that chair with that button on it and it sort of throws us out in the middle of the floor, you know. Uh, but, but, our, but our arms are an essential part of who we are. It's, a, in a, it's an essential part and, and much strength is found in our arms. Can you imagine what life would be like to go without arms? And it still amazes me that uh, of the, the young lady that from she was married here a, a couple of years ago and in, in our church and and so many of you know her and she she was born and without any arms but she still drives and 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 you know she's a, a physical therapist is that right occupational therapist and 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 God still uses her greatly and and it just amazes me she hasn't let that hinder her achieving in life but for most of us can you imagine imagine what it would like be like to go without arms to go about your daily function you know just think about this just just pin this this pin your thumb down for just a moment just pin your th- thumb down don't use your thumb and try to pick up something it, it, it's hard Try writing without your thumb. You know, it, it's hard. Can you, can you imagine life without your arms? Arms are so important. It, it's with our arms that we go through our daily functions. It's with our arms that we serve. It's with our arms that, that we can pull someone to safety. It's for the arm of God that He pulls us to safety. It's, it's with our arms that we embrace. Do you know, uh, uh, do you know that hugging is healthy? It's proven. People that get hugs are healthier people. Carrie's sitting back there and he's saying, I want to be healthier. (laughs) This hug in the right way. 
It's our arms we embrace. Our arms are a critical component of our body. And it's a critical component of the body of Christ. The arm of God. I want to preach to you this morning about the arm of God for the next few moments. The scripture contains more than 40 verses that reference the arm or the arms of the Lord. 40 times. That's pretty significant. There's a rule, if you would, or a a policy in in biblical studies that when you find something repeated many, many times that that it it indicates the significance of that. So the arm of God is very significant. This morning I want to preach to you about the arm of the Lord, about three attributes of the Lord's arm. The first attribute I want to preach to you about is there is strength in the arm of the Lord. There's strength in the arm of the Lord. It's a mighty arm. In fact, it's a mighty arm. And if you go to Luke chapter 1, verses 51 through 52, you find there that it says that he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, (coughs) but has lifted up the humble. You see, there is great strength in the arm of the Lord. You know, when I am weak, we all know that. We It was written into a song. When I am weak, then He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Uh, the Lord's arm is strong. It's, it's strong beyond our imagination. It's strong beyond our comprehension. It is stronger. All of our strength combined cannot compare to the strength in the arm of the Lord. And not only is His arm Arm strong, but it's, it's pre- ever present strong. It, you know, sometimes as I've gotten older, and I would tell my age, but since we have some new, newer, new visitors and guests with us this morning, I don't want to say anything about my age because it would probably surprise you. But I realize as I've gotten older, I am not as strong as I used to be. In fact, I, sometimes I get aggravated with myself because I know I'm not as strong as I used to be. But did you know it doesn't matter? The Lord is the ancient of days. He's from everlasting, from everlasting. He always has been and He always will be. But understand this, the strength of the Lord will never diminish. His strength will never decline. He will not grow weak in old age. He will not grow frail. He will not grow flimsy. He will not get, you know, as you get older, you start getting those wings underneath the back of your arms, you know, when you're flapping your arms, you know. But that doesn't happen to the Lord. His arms stay strong and he is mighty throughout all of his days in fact Paul wrote this he said now to him who is able to immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout generations forever and forever and ever listen God is immeasurably strong and he is immeasurably strong for all of eternity So the strength in the arms of the Lord is mighty and it's everlasting and it's available to every single one of us. Then secondly, we find that there is safety in the arms of the Lord. Safety in the arms of the Lord. 
you know, in our arms, part of that, I mentioned hugging, and it's medically proven that hugs are, are healthy for people. Hugs that are done in the right way, of course. But you, but you know why, you know why hugging is healthy to people? Because it, it, it gives a feeling of security. Now I can just imagine the scene that we read from here in the scripture as, as, as these little children are coming to, to, uh, to Jesus and, 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 and the, and the, the, you know, the disciples are saying, go away, go away, don't be bothering the Lord. And then they're saying, hey Jesus, you don't have time for these kids. And then I think it's very significant to us that he takes those children up into his arms because suddenly he is securing them. He, I can see three or four of them on his lap and, and, and history tells us Jesus probably wasn't a, a big man. He probably was short like me and, and his arms were probably short too. But but he wraps his arms around as many of those little children as he probably and, and could do. And, and, he, he, and he, he's given them that embrace, that embrace of safety, that embrace of encouragement, that embrace that makes them feel like everything is going to be alright. You see, God's arms are just like that. They're loving arms. In fact, we find in Isaiah... He wrote in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 11 that he gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. It goes on to say that he gently leads those that have young. Moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, that's you. Even, Even through the stress of time, even through the difficulty of doing life, he leads us. He comforts us. He guides us. The work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Jesus said, I'm not going to go away, but I'm going to send to you another comforter. I'm going to send you another presence, a presence that is going to embrace you. It's going to hug you. It's going to be my arms wrapped around you. You're not in this world alone. You're not doing this thing by yourself, but I am with you and I am an abiding presence. In fact, listen to this. The eternal God is our refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out your enemy before you saying, destroy him. Listen, God's arms are so mighty. God's arms are so faithful. God's arms are so great that he will protect us and care for us and he will give for us, give, give us the care that we need even when we don't deserve it. How many times have I, have I, have I encountered people, how many, perhaps you have too, that have said, uh, you know, I don't deserve it. I, I don't want to call on the Lord now because I don't deserve it. I'm not certain. Listen, even when none of us really deserve it at all, but even when we haven't been faithful to Him, do you realize God is faithful to you? I look back through my life and back, back to my younger days, which really wasn't that long ago, but I look back to my younger days and I see some of the really dumb stuff I did. You know, real, you know, you just, the dumb things you did when you were young, the young and dumb days makes you older and wiser because God's watching you, God's protecting you, and God's going to oversee you. And, and, and even when we don't realize it, His arm is caring for us. That's why He's worthy of praise. That's why He's worthy of glory. That's why He's on. Even when we're old and gray or red or bald, the Lord is still watching us and His arm is protecting us. His arm is, 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 is surrounding us and keeping us safe. 
uh, years ago, and you know, and, and most of you know that I'm, I'm an old, I'm a bluegrasser at heart, and I played with a, a, a bluegrass gospel band back in the in 80s and and into the early 90s. We went several years. We traveled traveled all around uh, down down through the southeast, and didn't get up this way too awful much. But but we used to sing a song that said, "The arm of God is always with me. The arm of God is always by my side. The arm of God is keeping us." From the perils. Listen, if you and I, if if we could see, you know, certainly we sense and certainly we know things are happening around happening around us. But if you and I had such an eye that we could see the spiritual forces, the forces of darkness that are trying to engulf this world, if we only could sense and realize with a natural eye how much God is watching over us and protect us, I believe it would astonish every single one of us. God is keeping us. He's watching over us. He's blessing us. And He is protecting us with His mighty arm. Then we find that there's salvation in the arm of God. Wow. There's salvation in the arm of God. And I'm going to park on this one for just a little bit longer than I did the first two. But when we find salvation in the arm of God... I want you to realize with me that the Lord wants to reveal Himself. In fact, you know, and I, I, we'll, we'll get to it a little bit more depth in depth here in a moment. Peter, when, when Jesus said to, to Simon, before he actually changed his name to Peter, he said, he says, but who do you say I am? And, and Simon Peter says, well, you are your Lord. You're the Christ. You're the anointed one. You, you know, what he was saying to him, you, you're the, you're the Savior. You're the Redeemer. And Jesus said, hey, hey, Simon, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. You, it's been revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. It's been revealed. You, you realize something. You know something that the rest of the, and Peter's a miserable failure, mind you. But Peter realizes something that nobody else has quite grasped, at least indicated in the Bible up to that point in the capacity. And he says from, you know, he said, and from this point forward, I'll build my, you know, I, I, I'm changing your name from Simon to Peter. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. He wasn't calling Peter the rock. The rock is the revelation of the arm of God in the person of Jesus Christ. He reveals himself to us. If he hasn't revealed himself to you, I promise you, he wants to. And he's probably trying to. He just needs you to be aware of it. We can look around us this morning. You know, this morning, hey, it wasn't, it wasn't the most beautiful morning in the world in some aspects. It's cold and it's rainy and, and it, and it's, we've had ice and we've had sleet and we've had snow and we've had freezing rain. We've had it all, it seems like this morning. Somebody said that, that, that in, in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia and West Virginia, it's the, it's a place where Mother Nature is bipolar. You know, one single day you can have a, you can, you know, wear your Eskimo coat. You need your shorts by the end of the day and whatever, you know, you need a hot cup of cocoa and a glass of iced tea all in the same day. It all happens, you know, right here where we live. But understand this with me today. But we can look around us and see the beauty of nature. 
I, I like sunshine. I like hot weather. I sweat a whole lot better than I shiver. I want you to know that. But I even amidst the ice and the snow and the sleet and the freezing rain, I can look all around me and I can see the glory of God shining forth on these hills and these mountains here in which we live. I can look up and I can see the, the trees glistening with the ice that is formed on them and it looks like a crystal forest. I can look up and I can see the hilltops and the mountains and I can be on top of one of them and look down into the valleys and I can see the glory of the Lord. I can look around and I can see the trees blooming and, and the, the flowers uh, popping up out of the ground, the daffodils and the tulips will be coming up and I can see the glory of the Lord. A few months from now it will be fall of the year and the leaves in these mountains will be turning orange and red and yellow and all different colors and I can behold the glory of the Lord. Listen, we it takes a whole lot more faith to look around us and not believe there's a God than it ever would to look around us and not believe there's a God that created this earth that we live on and He is blessed and He's given it its beauty. In fact, you're even beautiful. Look at that person next to you and say, you're beautiful. Because in the eyes of God, every single one of us, we are beautiful. So, in all of His creation, we behold His majesty. Then He makes His presence known to us through Scripture. Somebody said, I'd like to, you know, I wonder what God really looked like. I wonder, I wonder this and I wonder that. There's a good way to find out. Yeah, physically, I can't paint you a picture of Jesus out of this world, word, what his physical features look like, but I can paint you a picture of what his spiritual, what his emotions look like, of what his, some of his thoughts look like. If we want to know God, God reveals himself through the word, and then God reveals himself through the person of the Holy Ghost. I've already touched on that. I've already mentioned the Holy Ghost, but I, hey, I want to mention him one more time right here. He's just as much God as the Father and the Son. He's the Holy Ghost. There are three in one. I want you to know that God says, He said, I'm not, again, I'll reiterate, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you here without, uh, without my presence. Some of, some of the folks were getting upset. You can't leave us here. Where are you going? I don't understand. Jesus said, I must go back and take my proper seat at the right hand of the Father. I must go back. He said, but I'm not going to leave you alone in this world. I'm going to send another comforter. I'm going to send another presence. That presence is the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is working and ministering in the land that we live in. And the Holy Ghost is a revealer of who God is. And the Bible even says it's impossible for a man to come to know God. It's impossible for a man to be saved unless he be drawn by the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know this. You're sitting here this morning. If you're a lost or if you're watching my live stream and you're lost, let me tell you, it's more than likely the Holy Spirit that has drawn you into the presence of this very service the Holy Spirit a revealer the revealer of who God is when I read Matthew chapter 16 Matthew chapter 16 I find that if I go down to verse 15 it says but what about you he asked who do you say I am Simon Peter answered you're the Messiah you're the son of the living God Jesus replied blessed are you Simon son of Barjona for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven. God wants you to know who He is. God wants you to realize who He is. God wants us, us, to experience 
Him. The biggest hindrance to us experiencing Him is us. That person that you gave his haircut to this morning, if you were me. That person that you perhaps brushed her teeth or you put her teeth in. It ever works out. That, that, per, that, that person that, that you encountered in the mirror this morning, that's the biggest hindrance for us coming. We can't blame it all, all on the devil. Certainly he's at work and certainly he would like to prevent. But understand this. We have a will. And we have a choice. And, and we can pursue the things of God. He not only reveals himself to us in his salvation, but there's a redeeming work that he desires to do. If you go back into the book of Exodus, you go back and you read, and, and everything in the Old Testament points to something in the New Testament. And, and you go back and you read about the Israelites in Exodus chapter 6. When it comes to verse 5, it says, Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. I'll redeem you with an outstretched arm with the mighty acts of judgment. You see, here's the thing about it. When we take, and I, and I love to take, I love to take scripture literally. And when I take this scripture literally, what the Lord is saying, He's saying, I'm redeeming you. You ever saw the pictures of the hand, two hands coming together? He's saying, I'm re-. listen. I love that scripture that says, draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. I love that scripture and I've, I've illustrated that before, uh, up here. Uh, I want to do it again though. Come up here, Heath. You're always at my, Heath's always my good assistant. He's always good. And, and go over there. Uh, you know, we're not going to have a gunfight, but we go over about 50 paces or so, you know, some of that. That's close to 50 in my steps. Okay. So, so when the Lord says draw nine to me and I'll draw nine to you, understand this. When the Lord takes a step, He takes a step. When He takes a step, the Lord takes a step. When we take step, and we do that simultaneously, listen to me, what happens is, the distance between Heath and the Lord, and not that I am the Lord, but, but, I, but the difference between Heath and the Lord is cut in half because the Lord is pursuing taking steps. Thank you, sir. Is pursuing taking steps to you and me. If we will take a step, He's taking a step. That doesn't mean any compromises. That doesn't mean that He, that He lessens His holiness at all. But what it means is he loves us so much that he's willing to run to us if we will simply run to him. And all he's needing is you and I to turn to him and pursue him. And as we pursue him, guess what? He's pursuing us and we meet each other twice as fast as we would otherwise. When we look at that word redeem, that word redeem actually means to compensate in a modern definition, to compensate for the faults, failures, and the actions or bad aspects of someone or something. Now I want you to take just a moment in this room. And I want you to think about somebody 
that you know that has faults, failures, actions, or bad aspects? Can any of you think of anybody? Don't look at your husband or wife. Okay? Can any of you all think of somebody that has faults, failures, bad aspects, bad character traits, whatever, whatever you want? Can any of you all think of anybody like that? I can. And here's the thing about it. Anybody that I think of like that, I also must realize I'm just like them. Because I have bad attitudes sometimes. I have faults. I have failures. I have character flaws. I know you're looking at me and say, oh, I don't believe that. No, I'm just kidding. Y'all probably, y'all probably know more of them than I realize. But listen, every one of us need a redeemer. Every one of us need redemption. Every one of us needs a savior. Every one of us needs the arm of God to reach down and to touch our life. Redemption in the Old Testament. We read those scriptures out of Exodus chapter 6. And redemption in the Old Testament is, is metaphorically related to a person being purchased out of slavery, especially in the scriptures we read to. If you didn't, if you, if you want to go back and read them later, again, it's Exodus chapter 6. But redemption in the Old Testament is a metaphor related to the action of a person being purchased out of slavery. Listen, here's what the deal is. The enslaved person has no means of freeing themselves from the slave owner. The the Israelites were in bondage to the Egyptians. They were owned by the Egyptians. They had no way to release themselves. They couldn't do anything to work themselves out of the bondage they were in. You realize, you you and I, you realize we're enslaved to those thoughts and failures and sins and character flaws addictions whatever it could be we're enslaved to them and we don't have any way of getting free sure we could go take courses we could take classes and we can do things to improve ourselves and and we maybe can break a habit but I'm talking about freedom you know we used to Several years ago here, we used to sing that song, Freedom. Was it here? No, it was at youth camp. We used to sing that song, Freedom. Eddie James, Freedom. No more shackles. No more chains. No more bondage. I am free. You see, we, we can do things, we can do things and make adjustments in our life, but even in that, we are not set free. You see, because the only way a slave could be set free is there would have to be a redeemer. The redeemer was somebody that could come and purchase the slave. Mm -hmm. Now, the redeemer would come and purchase the slave in order to set the slave free. It even happened here in America with the black slavery of a... Of the uh, early years of this nation leading up to the mid-1800s. And a person could come and buy somebody out of slavery. And then they could set that person free. 
because they had rightful ownership of them. In, in the in the in this uh, Egyptian Israeli scene, a redeemer would come and would would buy an Israelite out of Egyptian slavery. They would purchase the 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 the, the Israelite that was in bondage, and they would be they would would have the intentions of setting them free. But listen to this. Here's what would happen. The redeemed slave most often chose to stay with the Redeemer. The one who had purchased them for a certain price. In other words, they didn't say, Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you buying me and turning me loose. I'll see you so long. Some of them probably did. But, but it's very typical that, that, that the, that the, the slave that had been redeemed with a specific price would say, Oh, I love you so much. You are my master. No, I, you, you don't have to follow me. You don't have to labor in my fields. You don't have to work for me, but I want to because you have purchased me and you've set me free. And their faithfulness to their redeemer would continue on. Willingly, they're no longer a slave, but they become a servant. Did you catch that? Because of the Redeemer, they're no longer a slave, but now they become, willfully become a servant. And they follow the one that has redeemed them. Pretty simple illustration of the plan of salvation. In love, in love, the Redeemer paid the price. And in love, the redeemed would serve Him. So I want to share this with you this morning. The strong arm of God. What exactly is the strong arm of God? Well, it's not what is the strong arm of God as much as it is who is the strong arm of God. The strong arm of God is none other than Jesus. The Christ. The anointed one. Revelation 7 and 10 said salvation belongs to the Lord. Redemption belongs to the Lord. He is the one to purchase us out of slavery. He is the one to purchase us out of the bondage we've been into. He's the one that will pay the top price, the ultimate price. Only the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords can purchase your redemption or my redemption. You know why? Because our slave debt is massive. Every single one of us. We have a slave debt that, 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 that do any of y'all shop at, uh, what is it down here on the corner? Walgreens, Walgreens, CVS, whatever that. Any, did any of y'all shop there? Any of y'all, any of y'all go in there and buy something? You go in there and buy a bottle of pop. Dr. Pepper, uh, is my preference. But you go in there and buy a bottle of pop and then you get this cash register receipt that's this long. Any of y'all get those? You know? And, and they wrap that thing up about six times, you know, and all on. And, and, uh, and some of you, some of you, some of you, I know coupon, coupon and stuff like that. You probably read them and, and value them greatly. I'd rather not they hand me that big old list of stuff. But I want to tell you, when it comes down to my life and it comes down to who I am, and sadly enough, I, I might not even know you, but I can assure you, my, 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 my slave dad was so massive that he wouldn't even fit on one of those receipts. 
My slave debt is so massive that it, it couldn't be contained in a, a book that any of us would want to read. Your slave debt is so massive that, and it's, it's incomprehensible how big it is. But Jesus, the Redeemer, the strong arm of God, He came to purchase you. And He paid a great price to do so. And that price was paid on the cross of Calvary. And on that cross is the, the strong arms of God were spread out. And those strong arms of God were spread out. And the psalmist prophetically, he prophetically saw the plan of redemption. And he wrote this. He said, oh, sing Psalms 98 and 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. See, Jesus is the strong arm of God. Jesus is the strong arm that will keep us safe. He's the strong arm that, 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 that will reveal himself to us. He's the strong arm that will, that will, uh, bear us up when we are weak. He's the strong arm that purchased our salvation. Jesus is the strong arm. And Jesus, I want to tell you a story. Some of y'all, I think I've told this before, but those of you, you know, when you start getting my age, you can repeat stuff and it's okay. All right, anybody else there with me? And y'all do that, okay? Uh, we had a, we have, a, we have, well, we actually still have it. We have a small, we had a smaller piece of land and we fooled around some. We just raised livestock for our own purposes, you know, hogs and chickens and the milk cow and stuff like that. Across the road from us, there was a large dairy farm when I was growing up. And that, that dairy farm, they milked around 300 head of cattle. It was, it was a huge dairy farm. My, I became best friends with, uh, with the guy, with, with the family and the guy and I, and he's still one of the great, we don't get to see each other a whole lot, but he's one of the greatest friends. He will always be one of my greatest friends in the world. We caught, we're both about the same. Actually, I'm a little bit taller than him, aren't I, Robbie? I'm probably a little bit taller than him, but he has more hair. Uh, but, uh, uh, Robbie is, you know, all, all I have to do if I need something, I can call Robbie. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't call him, and, I, and we may not call him once or twice a year, but I don't call him and say, hey, this is your old friend, Taylor. Uh, he don't call me and say, uh, this is your old buddy, Robbie, here. Uh, you know, he, he'll just, when, when the phone rings and I answer it, if it's him, he'll say, what are you up to, Doc? And I know that's, I know that's who he is, you know. But we, we, we've been lifelong buddies since we were probably five years old. And I used to hang out up on the dairy farm a whole lot. And we, we helped put the feed out in the, in the milk bar, you know, for the cattle when they'd bring them in for feed. You know, I, I really, as a kid, I, you know, I worked, we worked a whole lot around the dairy farm, even as kids. Cause after we got done milk, after they got done milking, then we could take our bicycles in the dairy barn and ride them up and down the ramps and stuff and have a lot of fun. And so we had some incentive. One day, Robbie and I, his daddy said, 
He said, boys, I want you all to go out and I want you to go out to the calf barn and all the calves they had taken off the cows. He said, I want you to go out there and feed all those calves. And we'd go out and take the feed buckets, you know. We'd mix up the, the formula, the milk, and take the feed buckets out and we'd go out around and feed those calves. Well, Robbie tells me, he said, go around the barn and get another bucket. Well, he didn't, he didn't tell me whether to go right or left. You know, I mean, you gotta be specific, right? He just said, go around the barn and get another bucket. I, so I go around the barn to get another bucket there in the holding lot where they held the, the cattle. And the, any of y'all ever been around a dairy farm? Yeah, two or three of you. So, so I, so I go around the barn where the holding lot's at, where they hold the cattle before they bring them on into the, you know, into the milk parlor. And, and the, and I had on his mama's gun boots. And the further I walked, muck boots we call them now, the further I walked, the deeper I sunk. And it wasn't all mud, if you know what I mean. We called it manuki. The further I walked, the deeper I sunk in the manuki. Until I got stuck. I was about as fat then as I am now. I just wasn't as tall. And I couldn't get out. I was stuck. I was hung. And there I was. Out in the middle of the holding lot. In Mama Dolly's muck boots. Stuck. And I had on my brand new brown corduroy coat that my mama had bought me at Goodwill. And told me not to get it dirty when I got off the bus. So I start hollering. Help! Help! So here come Robbie. Robbie, I outweighed him probably by 30 or 40 pounds, maybe more than that. So here comes Robbie, out through the manuki, and his little mud boots, and he's gonna pull me out of the mud. And he, he takes both arms, he grabs me by the arm, and he's jerking, and he's pulling, and he's pulling and I'm leaning and he's pulling and all of a sudden he lost his balance and I fell, fell backward and I wasn't making no snow angel I want you to know that and him laying right on top of me looking at me in the face about that time his dad came around the barn God bless daddy what are you boys doing out in that mess? What in the world? And of course, Robbie threw me under the bus. He said, hey, he's the one that went out here. I was just trying to help him get out. And he said, and he was just, John was just fussing and he come over. He said, I, he said, I ought to tan you boys hide. I ought to tear y'all up. You know, and he, he never had whipped either one of us. I don't guess. And, and he pulls Robbie up out of the mud, carries him up, carries him over and sets him out next to the fence. Then he comes back and pulls a little butterball me up out of the mud and he's a little bit, a little bit heavier and he carries me over, sets me down out of the fence. And, and, and then, then I notice I got all of this old manuki all over my brown corduroy coat. So here comes Robbie's mom out and she's just a fussing and she's carrying out and I, and I'm crying and she said, why are you crying? I said, I got my new coat all dirty and mama's gonna kill me. And, and, and my mama wasn't mean, by the way. And, and she said, don't worry, son. She said, take your coat off here, put my old coat on. And she took my brown corduroy coat in. And see, we didn't have nothing but a ringer washer. Anybody know what a ringer washer is? 
Yeah. We had a ringer washer. I didn't know what I didn't know what no automatic washer and dryer was. I thought this woman's crazy. She ain't gonna have my coat clean by the time my mama comes up here later tonight and picks me up. But she washed my corduroy coat in an automatic washer and dried it in an automatic dryer. My mom come to pick me up and I was feeling good. Because my mom had no idea how bad I had sunk up in the manuki. She had no idea how dirty I had got my coat and how bad it smelled and how bad it looked. I was all cleaned up and I was all ready to go home. Yeah, but Dolly did the, the motherly thing. She told my mama everything that had happened. But I think about that story real often. And I think about how we get married up in the manuki of life. We get buried up in circumstances to the place we keep going and going until we get to where we can't walk. And Robbie came and he blessed his heart, my best, one of my best friends in the world, but he couldn't pull me out. But there was a daddy that came along that lifted us up out of the manuki, out of the mud and the mire and pulled us out. And not only did he pull us out, but then he cleaned us up and so that we could go on home. Let me tell you, that is a perfect even though it happened to me that is a perfect metaphor that is a perfect example of what God will do for us if we will trust Him and yield to Him His strong arm will pick us up carry us out clean us up and send us on our way home that's just who Jesus is He is the strong arm of God give me my hand clap of praise not me He is worthy Y'all already got me sweating this morning. My hair's getting wet. I just want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. As you bow your head and close your eyes, I just want to ask you a question. If you're here this morning and you're buried up in the manuki of life, you're buried, you're, you, you're, you're, you're almost stuck or you may be stuck and you can't even move. You don't have a way out. You don't have a way of escape. You need a redeemer. You need a rescuer. You need a strong arm of God to come pull you out. If you're in this room and you've never been saved, or if you've been saved and you've gone prodigal, and you've wandered far away from home, it's time to come on back. The Father's waiting. Dad's waiting to clean you up and get you ready to go on home. If that's you this morning, without pressuring you, without, and I'm not going to embarrass you, but I just want to know... Is that you this morning? If it is, I just want you to slip up your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. I need to be saved. I need to renew my life with you, with the Lord. Anybody in this room? One person. I assume that everybody in this room is good then. Nobody's responding, and that's a great thing. But I want you to know, I want you to look at me. Even, even as we go through life, even as we go through life, there are still circumstances and there are still situations that we find ourselves buried up in. We find ourselves caught up in circumstances. Let me tell you, never forget about the strong arm of God. Never, never lose sight of His strong arm. I could go on... There, I, I told you all uh, uh, several months ago, I told you all about the story of when I fell in the toilet hole one time. I had a lot of problems when I was a kid. I fell in the toilet hole and that was another, another friend's house and that was outside Johnny's house. I fell in the toilet hole and his daddy had to come and pull me out. The strength of the daddy. 
The strength of the daddy is what we need to pull us out. The scripture says, hereby, we call him to have a father. And if you study out the old language, and Abba means daddy. Daddy. Rescue me, daddy. Some of you all may not have had a, I don't know why I'm saying this. I just am. I just feel like I need to say Some of you may not have had a good earthly daddy. Some of you may have had a daddy that forsook you. Somebody, you may have had a daddy that abused you. You may have had a daddy that, 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 that mistreated you. I, you know, I, you know, I don't know that circumstance. But let me, t- let me say this to you. Never confuse your earthly daddy with your heavenly daddy. Because your heavenly daddy will never abuse you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never mistreat you. He is faithful to you. With that being said, I don't ask for many people. Hang out with us. Don't leave just yet. We have some announcements. But I want us to have some prayer time. As many people as can and will come up here and gather with me around this altar. And I just want us to pray and just ask the Lord to let His arm, as He extends His arm to us, let us take hold of His arm and let us be pulled into His bosom, into His into His presence. That we may experience Him in ways that we've never ever experienced Him before. Let's just take a few minutes of prayer. And then as we, after we pray, we'll, we'll share some announcements and, and we will dismiss for the afternoon. But I want us to pray. Fathers, we come to you today and we gather into your presence. On this day, Lord, we just, we just thank you for being our Heavenly Father. Our daddy, our strong arm. Lord, we thank you today that God, you have ministered and you've worked in our lives. You have touched and you've met our needs, Lord God. Lord, I assume by the lack of response that everybody in this room is saved, Lord. I could be wrong. But Lord, you know our hearts. But God, I thank you for pulling us out of the, the, the miry, the miry and the muck clay of and the mud of sin Lord Lord and we're nothing but clay ourselves but Lord you've molded us and shaped us into what you want us to be and God today as we come before you I, I just rejoice in knowing Lord God that that Lord that your arm is strong and it's mighty and, and your arm is faithful Lord God and Lord Jesus I just know that in, in your faithfulness you'll never leave us or nor will you ever forsake us but Lord you're blessing us and And Lord, you're keeping us, Lord. You're working in our lives, Lord God. Thank you for revealing yourself to us through the the work of the Holy Spirit, Lord God. You've revealed yourself through through, through the written word, God. You you have spoke to our hearts. And and God, tonight, Lord, as we stand in your presence, Lord, we know that you will not leave us. You will not forsake us. And and Lord, we know that, Lord, that you are a present help in the time of trouble, Lord. When, when, when things look bad, when things look, look dim, Lord God, Lord, you are there, Lord God. We never find ourselves in darkness, Lord. We, we never find ourselves alone, Lord God. We will never find ourselves, Lord God, uh, a drowning, Lord, in a sea of hopelessness, Lord. Your arm is extended to us, Lord God. Lord, your arm is good. Your arm is strong, Lord God. Your arm is reliable, God. And Lord, today, Lord Jesus, we acknowledge you as the arm of God. Lord, 
You are God at work in us, Lord God. You are the work of the Lord going on in our life. Jesus, You are our Redeemer. Jesus, You have released us, Lord, from the bondage of sin and slavery that it brings. And Lord, Lord, we choose to serve You today. Lord, we're free to serve, Lord. And God, it's our honor to serve You, to follow You. Because Jesus has redeemed us. You, Jesus, have redeemed us. Son of God, we worship you. We bless you. We praise you, Lord Jesus, for today. We praise you today. We worship you.